good chef. No. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Why the f do I watch this game? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie or Hog, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Um, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, how, how you doing? Um, Coach Ditka versus the Hurricane, who would win? Ditka, Ditka. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the Hurricane is Hurricane Ditka. Here they are. Hogan Johns. Good morning. Welcome in. A breakfast edition of Hogan Johns. You're still eating breakfast. I right was now. actually just taking, yeah, some yogurt there. I was trying to shove it into my mouth before. There's an actual countdown that helps you yeah. realize when we're going live here, Adam. Yeah, you'd be amazed what you can do in 30 seconds. I've mastered this from our CHGO shows because we have the same exact thing and it's like counting down. Sometimes I'll literally like run to the other side of my house because I forgot like my water bottle or something. And then, so if you ever see me like starting a show and I'm like out of breath, that's why. Because you decided to run around the studio. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or my house. Like, yeah. You can't up ask and downstairs. You get it for you. There's nobody in here. I'm talking. Honey, I'm talking water. about. Yeah. No. I, <laughs> the meatloaf. Yeah. Ah, man, I have way more energy right now than I thought I was going to. Uh, yesterday was exhausting. It was hot. Uh, for some reason, I thought I should play a few holes of golf before I went to bed, like right as it was getting dark. And like, that was a mistake. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. It's like 100 degrees outside. <laughs> so It's uh, the humidity. Yeah. yeah. Um, yesterday feel- felt like a real camp day as opposed to the first day when we're in the air-conditioned Walter Payton Center. So, I, by my estimation, and really not estimation, just like memory, I think that was the hottest camp practice that we've had since maybe like the Lovey Smith era, when the, when the practices were at 3 o'clock. Cause Mark Tressman had some hot ones. Yeah, but those were that sticky, though. But like it was like consistently like low 90s, but it was 8 a.m. Those practices were at 8 a.m. They were earlier, so I feel like it never felt that bad. Um, And then I feel like the last few years in Bourbon we actually sort of got lucky with the weather. And We'd have to ask Mark Grody, because when Mark Grody started on the beat, like he showed up to, to, to camp wearing like cotton shirts. Do you remember that? And he yeah. was like sweating through those in like 15 minutes of Bourbon yeah. I'm like, Mark Grody, welcome to the beat, man, but you got to wear some dry fit. Yeah. Look like you're going golfing or something. I, I will say, though, and I'm not just saying that this because they're our awesome partner and thanks for having us on Monday out at Obvious Shirts, but because the, the Obvious Shirts material, it's not dry fit. It's still cool enough and soft enough that I can, like I had one on yesterday. I wore my JD shirt yesterday. It's light. Most cotton polos aren't like that. No, I'm most days at I least go. Mark Rodeo was wearing seven years ago. By the way, the Hogan Johns polos that are on their way are dry fit, so. We'll be able to wear those out at camp, too. Oh, yeah. Um, but that was fun. Thanks to everybody who came out Monday. Really appreciate it. Um, we had a great show. We had a good time. It was a good way to kick off camp. It, that that show Monday already feels like two weeks ago to me. Uh, it's been quite a week. We have a lot to catch up on. That's why I wanted to go live with you this morning to get this out as fast as possible on a Friday morning because there's another practice. we got to turn around and, and get out of here and go to House Hall because there's, there's a practice at 10 a.m. today. Um, of course, open to the public again. And, uh, of course, if you ever see us out there at practice, please uh, stop, don't be afraid to stop and say hello. Uh, we love interacting with you guys and uh, would love to see, you know, some Hogan Johns shirts out there too. So um, bonus points. Yeah, you got the new one there. I like it. Adam, we trust. Thank you. That's a nice compliment that you're giving to me right now. Depends. Which Adam? <laughs> which moment? But if you're wearing the Which shirt, analysis. I think it has to be about me. <laughs> no, no. If I wear the shirt, I think it's about you. I man. am more than happy to speak in third person this entire podcast okay. if you want. Well, for the record, I do trust you when it comes to your reporting. So there's there's at least that. Um, Adam can report. Nice country music piece, by the way, out of nowhere. Thank you. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I like a little country music. I like yeah. rock and roll. I like a little bit of everything, but... Uh, it struck me that Matt Eberflus was at a bunch of concerts this this summer, so I had to ask him about it. And he was 
he loved talking about it. I, I think the moment I got him on the phone, he just he just went talking about every single song he likes, which shows he's been to. He's seen Kenny Chesney almost every single year since 2003. That's something. That's something. Um, yeah, there's a lot of country music fans, coaches out there, but I think it's notable that he makes an effort to go to so many concerts. Yeah, I think that's cool too. I it's funny because he 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 sort of got labeled as a golf guy out of the gate, which is not wrong. He does love golf, but I think he was so caught up in the job in year one that he really didn't golf that much. Um understandably so. And so like sometimes you try to have conversations with him about that, and he was just like, I I'm not really golfing a whole lot right now. But obviously this summer he got out with these concerts and uh from the from the sounds of what you're saying right now and also the piece you wrote, which everyone should go read on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, like he really feels passionate about it. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, like, I wanted to write this this story, like, soon because he's like, there's going to be country music days. I'm like, well, when are they going to be? He goes, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. There's going to be country music days. Yeah. So here I am, like, worried, like, the first open day of camp is going to be, like, country music day. Yeah. And, and Chris Emmett comes up to me afterwards. He goes, Adam, your country music counter is at zero. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big country music fan, Chris yeah. Emma from uh, the score. But uh, yeah, he saw Luke. Co- he saw Luke Combs at Soldier Field. Uh, Cody Whitehair, Braxton Jones, Creston Abner. I forget who else was there. A few other players were there. I uh, saw Morgan Wallen at Wrigley. Uh, Justin Fields was there. They didn't go together, but Justin Fields was also there, seeing Morgan Wallen at, at Wrigley. And then he saw um, Zach Brown band at the, at the Windy City Smokeout, tenth annual Windy City Smokeout, which is insanely popular now and uh I, I forgot to mention this in the story kevin fishbane of course brought it up later but there was a, nor- a notable former bear on the stage that night roquan smith was on stage at the windy city smokeout yes yes with zach brown band oh i didn't know that see that sounds Another like a big country music fan that sounds like an awesome event i talked to um some of my neighbors that were there though and they're just like it's so packed and it's hard to get the food because there's lines and like, I'm, it's just, I'm just somewhat surprised, but I, maybe, maybe Flus had the inside uh, hookup where he was at least away from the massive crowds. I hope. Yeah. He was behind stage. Okay. Yeah. He was backstage. He, he didn't like, uh, bragging about that. Right. Humble guy. That that Matt Eberflus, but um, but at some point when it. when you're a public figure, like you almost need that at some of these things, because yeah. Now there's Kevin. Oh, Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Yeah. Now that is talking in the third person. I mean, very yeah. clearly, right there uh, with <laughs> yeah. that comment. Um, for those, I guess we should read it for those that are listening <laughs> to the podcast. But he said, uh, Kevin said, of course, Kevin Fishbane brought it up. That guy knows his stuff. Knows his stuff. Roquan Smith, big country music fan. But yeah, he, uh, although Flus would tell you, and most Chicagoans would tell you, that Sunday is the, is the day to go to Windy City Smokeout because the crowd isn't as crazy. Mm. Um, our producer, Kent, by the way, wants you to know that his uh, Mount Rushmore country music, Charlie Crockett, Jason Isbell, Tyler Childers, and Sturgill Simpson. We'll have to pass that along to Flus. Yes. Um, all right. Well, we have a lot more than just country music to talk about on this episode. We uh, have seen a lot this week. We've heard a lot this week. Um, we haven't had a chance on this show yet to talk about the Cole Komet contract extension. Were you surprised at all that this... I don't think any of us were surprised it happened, but were you surprised at all that it happened You know, right at the start of camp? Um just to get it done, I guess. No, no, kind of expected it to, to get done. We've seen, at least with Ryan Pace, these get done during training camp at, at different times. This is the first one ever done by Ryan Poles, which he made sure to, to point out. So that that is notable just in terms of the future and what's next for the Bears, that Ryan Poles is open to getting these things done while the work is being done in training camp. So, yeah, he's one of the Bears' best players. Is he the best tight end in the game? No, but he's only, what, 24, 25? Getting better? This contract, in terms of total value, puts him right there at number six with Jonu Smith. Same average, lesser signing bonus. Um, 
more practical guarantees in it. Um, it's a good deal. It's a good deal for both sides. I have been a little repetitive about this, I know, but my comp for Cole Komet since pre-draft, when we were talking about him, um, has been, and to this point continues to be, Kyle Rudolph in Minnesota. Uh, a, a guy that could do, maybe didn't necessarily do one thing the best in the league, but did pretty much everything at the tight end position well enough that he was their tight end one for 10 years. He had 10 years in Minnesota, um, and just just a total coincidence, he also happened to be the number 43 overall pick in the draft uh, back in 2011, but he spent 10 years in Minnesota, huge part of that community, too, charity efforts, all types of things. Like, he felt... He just felt like a Minnesota Viking, right? And that, I think, is going to be Cole Komet here for a long time. The way he plays the tight end position, will he ever be the best at his position? Probably not, but he does a lot of things well enough to be the Bears' top tight end and get paid what he got paid the other day. I think you'll get a year or two or three, though, if things pan out with Justin Fields and so far... The early returns, or at least what we're seeing in camp, are, are good with Justin Fields. Like, you could have a Pro Bowl season out of, of Cole Komet. Oh, sure. Maybe two or three. Yeah. He's got that type of talent. He could put up that type of numbers. I think I, I I'm think not I, saying Travis I, Kelsey, that, that type of numbers, because that's a, an entirely different machine out there in Kansas City. But Pro Bowl-worthy numbers out of Cole Komet, I could completely envision that. I think Kyle Rudolph went to a Pro Bowl or two. But, uh... I don't have to look a little closer. I feel like he did, for sure. I mean, just look at it. Like, his numbers last year in a bad offense. 69 targets, 50 receptions, nice. 544 receiving yards. Nice. Seven touchdowns in a bad, bad offense. Yeah, two-time Pro Bowler, 2012 and 2017, Kyle Rudolph. Yeah. So, and, and if you look, just look at the stats, they're, they're, they're relatively similar uh, t- to this point. And... Um, and you can certainly do way worse for a second-round pick. Um, and, and just in general, like, it's been a while since a, a Bears player, a Bears draft pick, has received a real extension. The last one was Tariq Cohen. Think about that. I mean, that's been... It, was that 2020 when he received that and then immediately got hurt? And then, unfortunately, you know, everything that happened with Tariq Cohen happened... I, that you got to retain your own players and set like, especially first and second round picks. Like those are the guys you got to be talking about extensions four years later. So regardless of who it is in this case, it's great to see one get to get one done. Now the question is also drafted second round, same year, Jalen Johnson. Is that going to get done or not? So that's more money. That's a premier position. So I can understand the the duration of it, why it's maybe going a little bit longer. What, what did you make of Ryan Poles' comments when he was asked very specifically about Jalen Johnson yesterday? Uh, you want me to read them real quick? Yeah, if you want to. I just My first reaction before you read them was just that I don't get the sense that this one's that close. close. This is Ryan Poles when asked, can you give us a sense where things stand with Jalen Johnson? Yeah, he's out of camp working hard. We have a process of how we're going to do things. And when we get to that, again, I'll update you guys as we go in terms of when things get done. Do you sense things are moving in the right direction with Jalen Johnson? I like to say the relationship's good. He's out showing that he can perform at a high level and becoming that he wants to be and improve. That's all I can really say about that. Now, I, I get that Ryan Poles, similar to Ryan Pace, doesn't want to talk about contract extensions. He actually mentioned that like immediately in his opening remarks at his camp opening press conference a couple of days ago. Um, but this seems... I remember last year's storylines about Jalen Johnson. Yeah. Wasn't here, practicing with the twos. This is different. They like him. Now it's trying to find common ground. But... I think it's going to take longer to find that common ground. I just wonder because, like, they, I think they legitimately like Roquan. 
last year too. I think, you know, there's a different, couple different things there. I'm not sure they viewed him as the perfect fit in this defense. I'm not sure they, uh, despite all the excitement that they they talked about with him playing the weak side linebacker position, um, and I'm and I'm not totally convinced they viewed Roquan as a complete 100% fit culture wise, like they clearly do with Tremaine Edmonds. Does that make sense? Um. But I think I, they liked Roquan Smith, but eventually when things soured in negotiations, they were done. Well, and that's what I'm getting at. Like, I, I think they liked Roquan Smith enough to extend him, which they were trying to do. But there was a ceiling there. And I think the way things played out in August made things worse, obviously. I guess what I'm getting at is fair or not, because I don't begrudge players who hold out to get their money. But I think it's helping Jalen Johnson in this case that he's there, that he's practicing. I think yeah. I, I think that is a good development in this case for him to get his money because he's not one of these top-tier players that can hold out and eventually get whatever it is they want, whether that's money from the team that they're currently on or force a trade to where they're going to get their money. And so in this case, because I think every case is different, I do think it's a good move by Jalen Johnson to be here, to be practicing, which he's vowed to do and said back in minicamp that's not him, even though he wasn't there, you know, for a lot of OTAs. And that, I think, is part of, like when Ryan Poles is, some of his first words there that you just read were, he's here. The relationship is good. Like, that's... He's practicing, unlike being just present in the building, which Roquan Smith was. You can tell the Bears appreciate that right now. We're only a few days away, a week, sorry, from the one-year anniversary of the Family Fest trade demand. That was a bizarre day. (laughs) Right. Bizarre day. But, you know, shout-out to Ryan Poles, who addressed it head-on and talked that day. And I think people were a little caught off guard. Not us, but I I know I went on the score yesterday and they were like, Ryan Poles talked again today? Like, what is he just going to talk to you guys every day? Uh, I don't think so, but it is nice that, you know, stuff happens that affect the roster that are GM decisions that he comes down and talks. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline took nine to ten questions, something like that. Uh, one was also about Darnell Mooney. Would you re-sign Darnell Mooney? I'm uh, asking you. Yeah, yeah. Adam uh, and we trust. <laughs> I need to see a little bit. I'm a, I'm a soft yes right now because I don't have all the medical information, obviously, like the Bears do, right? Like, if their information right now the trainers feel good about everything. There's no long-term damage. They feel like this is a full recovery. And then he shows it here early on in camp. I don't even need to... If that's the medical information they have, I don't even need to see too much of it. I just need to see like a week's worth of practices. Just to see it hold up. See him get into team drills probably here soon. And just see how it looks. Make sure that burst, that separation's still there. Then, then I'm a yes, because I think Darnell Mooney's a good player. I think last year there were a lot of fair excuses for why his numbers were down. And um, and I I think he's going to be a good fit 
in a much better position this year with DJ Moore out there running around with him. And I would I would resign him because I think uh, you're seeing from other teams in this league that you got to have more than one wide receiver. You and I were watching Darnell Mooney closely in team drills. I think it was a team drill, right? Where he went, Justin Fields went deep to him. Yeah. Obviously, the connection wasn't made. I thought Mooney looked a little off. You thought the throw was a little bit late. Obviously, the connection isn't what it was last year at this time. D- to me, Mooney looked like a player who was still on his way back. He just started to work with the with the full team drill, seven on seven and stuff again. Didn't look like himself, pots, breaks, all that stuff. Getting back up to normal. But I just go back to everything that Ryan Poles has said about Darnell Mooney going all the way back to the combine two years ago. Yeah. Like Darnell Mooney has won them over. Everything he does off the field. Now I think he just needs to get himself up to speed on the field. Physically, he's got to get to where he was or close to it last year, last couple of years, and and he's got an extension coming. The criteria, I think, to get an extension is, you know, you got to be a fit in the culture, which Darnell Mooney clearly is. And then, I mean, you obviously got to be good enough. And you got to be willing to take what the Bears, how the Bears value you, though, because that's the other part of this. Like, they've, Ryan Poles in this front office, they've, they've shown and proven so far that they, whatever the formula is with their analytics, with their number crunching, uh, it's a huge combination of their scouts, of their financial guys, their contract negotiators, and then the analytics that they Paul put in there. They they spit out a number and a contract, and I'm sure they're willing to negotiate on how it's built because. And Paul's actually talked about that yesterday. You know, the how the average per year doesn't really matter. That that really it's they try to build these deals and they try to give Cole. The, the type of built deal that he wanted, even though it seems pretty team friendly. Um, like you can finagle it a little bit that way, but the, the, at the end of the day, they, they put a value on you and they're not going to go over it too much. So that's where this is maybe tricky with Darnell Mooney because he's coming off the injury. And we're not talking about some massive extension here. This is the second tier receiver money, right? There's, there's no way they're going over that. Right, but I, I could also see from Mooney's standpoint, if I don't, you know, if it's not a first-year offense last year, if I don't get hurt, like, I could have been on my way to huge money, and the season just didn't go that way. With DJ Moore here, I think he, well, he's lost some leverage, including with his own injury situation. Yeah. Can I just throw out some numbers for you? You got, like, Tyler Boyd, four years, $43 million. Alan Lazard, four years, forty-four million. Chris Godwin, three years, sixty, probably a little bit below that. Corey Davis, three years, thirty-seven point five million. Deontay Johnson got two years, thirty-six point seven. Like that range, maybe. Yeah. Brandon Cooks, two years, nearly forty million. So he's, are, those the, are, are those the comps we're talking about? Just just terms of money. I'm just throwing out middle tier, second tier, whatever you want to call it, receiver money. He's 25 years old. I remember when Allen Robinson signed with the Bears. Remember, it was that somewhat shorter three year deal? It was a three year deal. I think it was around 12 million a year. Um, maybe even less than that. But it would, the idea was he was going to hit free agency again. So I just wonder if you're Darnell Mooney, maybe you take a two or three year deal to try to hit free agency again. At, really. bef- you know, and by your time you're 28. Hunter Renfro, two years, 32 million. Yeah. Jacoby Myers, three years, 33 million. Be interesting. I think. If I had to guess right now, Darnell Mooney is a bear next year. Yeah. Jalen Johnson, I, I'm still like 50-50 on. I get some good vibes, but I don't know. What would you put a percentage on it? Well, they've drafted the position 
two years in a row. Yeah. High. They also Second traded round, for they also traded round. for DJ Moore. Yes. Uh, I mean a wide receiver. So I know, I know, but you you needed another receiver and you need at least two. The Bears drafted one in the first round and the one in the second. They traded up for Tyreek Stevenson in the second round. Yeah. Tyreek Stevenson's been running with the ones. Here's your secondary, everybody. I don't mind saying it. You have Jalen Johnson and Tyreek Stevenson on the outside. You have Kendall Vildor. Kendall Vildor. Kyler Gordon. Sorry. Kyler Gordon. <laughs> inside at Nickelback, and you got Brisker and Eddie Jackson at safety. You need all those guys, though. You do. Like, all of a you sudden, do. you, you, don't, you don't bring Jalen Johnson back, and it looks like, but then again, you could, you could play out the but season, you lose him, you could draft, a, you you could draft, draft another, another guy yeah. in the first two rounds. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. So, Gordon bumps out outside, you know, like it's, you signed a, a Nickelback. What do you think about the quarterback so far? Two Were you waiting for that? Like, we've talked so much about wanting to see like a clean seven on seven. Mm-hmm. So when we have the seven on seven drill, like, are, are you watching those? I wanted them to be better. It doesn't help when there's drops. Well, so my, so so pr- the first practice was good. There are hardly any balls on the ground. Inside, though, I know. Okay, so yesterday though, I did not. There were a couple. Okay, there were a couple throws that should have been intercepted one i marked down as a drop dropped int i thought mostly any other sloppiness where there's some drops that's not on justin i thought i i think his first two days have been pretty good you know what's very good is his connection with dj Moore. yeah that's that's different yeah yeah i got makes the nice catches too i think that's working I think okay. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll phrase it this way. I think Justin Fields is working. Yeah. I want to see Darnell Mooney get back up to speed. I want to see Chase Claypool get back up to speed because he missed a lot of time in OTA. I'm wondering if Chase Claypool is going to practice today after his collision with Terrell Smith. Yeah, because did he bang his knee and that's why he was limping, or did he reaggravate whatever's been going on? He left under his own power. Trainers didn't come meet with him at least in that moment. Yeah, but how many practices have you seen where like somebody gets banged up and then all of a sudden they're not practicing the next day? That's true. That's true. But Especially okay. in training camp. So that opens the door for somebody else. Aller Scott looked great yesterday, especially in one-on-one drills. Yeah. The Duke fly. He had like 10 yards of separation on somebody yesterday. I forget the cornerback. One, not one of the Bears' best players. We'll leave it at that. I forget who he is. Michael OJ Moutier. Oh, you, you're going you're gonna, to... Okay. There you go. From yeah. Iowa. Anyway, he was burnt bad. Yeah. There's bad. a good there's a good video of it the Bears put out. Okay. It's out there. Oh yeah. Uh Tyler Scott can fly. He's gonna be a problem. So I was gonna do uh do some awards here. And uh one of them was gonna be rookie of the week. Okay. Rookie of the week. And so far I think Tyler Scott is my answer to that question. You know who's getting like a full dose of NFL action, and this is all going to be good for him, is Stevenson. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's not easy going up against DJ Moore every single day in practice, which he is one on one, seven on seven, full team. That is the rookie's baptism by fire every single snap. So, and, and some people were worried that. You know, you, they saw the video of DJ Moore, that nice touchdown catch on, in the indoor the other day. Um, and Stevenson was in coverage. And they're like, okay, well, was this bad for Steve? Like, that was pretty decent coverage. DJ Moore did a, just a great job of using his body to shield him off and create that separation on the sideline so that the last second he can go there and snag it. That's really good. It was a good throw, good catch, and good coverage. That happens in football. That's why it can be such a great game when everybody's playing well. Um, so I, I love it for Stevenson. I don't necessarily, I'm not worried at all that he's gotten beat a couple times. I think this is a great experience for him, but he has been beat a few times. So if I got to pick out one rookie this week, I'm going with Tyler Scott. I, you know, with a kind of TBD on all the linemen, right? Like, cause they're, they don't have pads on. I, it, I don't, I, it would be unfair to say that Darnell Wright or Jerron Dexter, uh, or Zach Pickens have been, you know, the top. Next Wednesday, next Wednesday it gets real. Now there's confusion on that because 
Khalil Herbert thought they were putting pads on Monday. And then uh, I think one of the Bears guys said August 1st, which would be Tuesday. So I don't know. Now I'm confused. I'm going to get that clarified. I hope they do it every single day that week. I thought asking the head coach and the GM would be the best way to get the right answer, but maybe it's... that. This is the annual tradition. They, there's always confusion over what day the pads go on. And, and I don't know why I care about it and lose so much sleep over it, but I do. Damn it, I want football. No, you care about it because it's like the, the one of the most fun days of camp. I do. The energy is just overflowing that day. Well, and I was no where selfishly, I was very paranoid that it was going to be tomorrow, and I'm not going to be there tomorrow. So I do appreciate that the Bears are moving pads to next week because I'm not going to be there tomorrow. Now, usually it's like four or five days of yeah, ramping up, as they would say. Yeah. Uh, okay, so who's your rookie of the week? It's Tyler Scott. Okay. Um, You're right. Like Darnell Wright looks good, but pads are not. How about, um, okay, if I got to go offensive player of the week, it's got to be DJ Moore, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I like what I've seen from field so far, but DJ is like just, it's just like perfect. He doesn't drop the ball. He's always open. He catches it when they throw it to him. He had pink shoes on yesterday, which has added bonus points. What else? You know who had a good rep against DJ Moore yesterday and broke up the pass? It was Jalen Johnson. Yes. One-on-one's right in front of all of us. Yeah. I think uh, Kyler Gordon might have had one, too. Also, they ran a play um, for DJ Moore deep where Eddie Jackson picked him up perfectly. Which was good to see, and ran. Oh, I with, saw that one. Ran him downfield, and and then Justin, to his credit, very quickly checked the ball down. I mean, I was, still wanted him to throw that deep. Oh, you did. He was. Yeah. I mean, Eddie was all over him though. He was. That's when I was in uh, on my on my perch, yeah. in the shade, that you so happily yeah. tweeted yesterday. Soft. Did you see the memes of Kevin? <laughs> yes. That- Ken, if you could find that quickly and share that, because we know Kevin is, is is watching, that would be great. Hogue tweeted a picture of us at practice yesterday, finding some shade on a 95-degree humid day, and someone had fun with Kevin's pointing. I don't know what he was pointing at. But. Yeah, you. if you scroll through my feed, Kent, it's, it's uh, I don't know. It's a little you'll, – you'll see a picture of Kevin and Johnson, and then the responses are just – Outstanding. My favorite one was the uh, the the woman from the plane. Oh, I didn't see that one. Oh yeah, where she <laughs> that, that mf for up there isn't real because Kevin was pointing <laughs> like she like she is in the video. <laughs> so good. Uh, that, is, that is that is good. Um, what were we talking about? Offense player of the week. I, so we agree on DJ Moore, I assume. Moore. And then. Um, Oh, oh, here you go. Yeah, you guys are just hanging out in the shade. Oh, Kevin, Kevin's slightly in the sun, pointing at something. Maybe one of those aliens that they've been talking about the last couple of days. Yeah, keep scrolling there, Kent. If you're watching on YouTube, we're, we're looking at Adam Hogue's Twitter timeline here. There was one... Um, hit uh, the right. show more replies, because there was one that was... There's... <laughs> Kevin being the woman from the plane. That MF for up there isn't real. Um, Where is the sun? (laughs) Where is the sun? Kevin pointing at it. Someone Photoshop something. I don't know why that's not in there. Where's the one with the big uh, Saturday Night Fever? Yeah, there was a a Photoshop. Maybe that was the quote tweet. Scroll up and hit the one quote tweet. I know I retweeted it. No, that was you. I don't know where that went. Well, shout out to whoever did that because I liked it. It was there. A, it is. Oh, there it, it is. is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's scroll cool. up just a little bit. Who did that? I want to give them. Oh, it's Nate. Nate Flint, I think. Yep, at Nate. Nate underscore Flint on Twitter. Good job. Tweet of the week, right there. If you're listening, just check out our timelines from Thursday at, at camp. Um, yeah, DJ Moore by far. In terms of defensive players, you know, I've noticed a lot is the Marcus Walker. Okay. Just because of the the energy, the the passion, he's loud. He's got some fire to him. 
Like watch him the next few days of practice. If you're, if you yourself, you're, you're coming to practice and you're listening, watch him during the drills that he's not even in, especially the team stuff. Like he is on the field yelling, watching intently. I think the bears might have one of those. I don't want to compare it to the Akeem Hicks signing because that turned out to be one of the Ryan Pace's best, but just like a young emerging veteran who's capable of delivering more and might be entering the right situation here with the bears. So the bears got two players up front from the Titans, Nate Davis and Demarcus Walker. And what's interesting to me is, you know, you talk to people around the league this offseason and, and not just this year, but past years too. Like there is a level of respect for the way that the Titans play football, especially in the trenches. A lot of that comes from Mike Vrabel's background. Um, when you play the Titans, you know it's going to be a tough physical football game, right? And it caught my ear in the Netflix series, Quarterback. The, the, the Chiefs have had problems with the Titans when they play them. And when Mahomes was talking about playing the Titans, he talked, and this was last season, so it's when those guys were on the field. He, he said that they have a roster full of underrated football players, like guys that just kind of grind it out and don't necessarily get the level of respect nationally. And I don't know how else you could look at Nate Davis and Demarcus Walker. I mean, Walker puts up the sack numbers he did last year, and he's still, you know, signing with the Bears for somewhat modest money. Um, these are these are the types of free agent signings, and I'm bringing this up because of Akeem Hicks, like you bringing that up, like guys that we're playing the game the right way somewhere and not necessarily getting noticed completely and now come to a new team that fits them really well. And I think both of these guys are good fits, both culturally and schematically. And you might see even bigger results. I, I, I find these two signings very, very interesting. And if there's one, there's one team that I'd... Because anytime in free agency, we always talk about being fool's gold, right? And you're like, okay, well, what's wrong with them? Why were they available? That's the that's the other side of it. But in this case, I think it's it's very possible that these were just underrated players kind of that were were waiting to get their opportunity and their money somewhere else and I, if there's one team that I like signing these types of players from, I feel good that they came from Tennessee. He plays with a high motor and a nasty. We're inside the Walter Payton Center for the Bears' first practice at camp, and they're just doing individual drills. They're getting off the ball with speed, and they're racing to a bag held by the defensive line coach. And it is Justin Jones versus Demarcus Walker. And Walker beats him, and he let Jones know about it. And Jones was not happy whatsoever. I mean, they're not fighting. They're not drawing back and forth, but there's a swagger or an edge there that's going to bring something out differently from this defensive line, which needs to get after quarterbacks, which didn't sack the quarterback nearly enough. Like that felt notable to me that that was so intense, that individual drill in the Walter Payton center on the first day of camp, just beating his teammate to the back. I love the competition. Uh, we've seen a few drills that way, especially in individual periods. I think motor motor. I think what Walker brings in terms of motor and nasty it's going to be good for that group. I like uh, the conversation going on in our comments right now as we're live on YouTube. Mark Kazak asking, when when's the Walker-Jenkins fight going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Were, were we talking about that in the sideline, or is it me and the, the fish man? No, that must have been the fish man. But, yeah, I mean, at some point the pads go on. You get your little skirmishes. Yeah. I think I'm going to be with Carmen DeFalco from ESP 1000 where we're talking about Walker, and he's coming off the field after one of those reps where he's just loud and nasty. And he was asked when the first fight's going to be. And I'm like, I, well, I think it's going to be Jenkins and Walker. <laughs> you can see it. Yeah. Now, Walker's been outside more than inside. He has done both, at least what we've seen so far. But all it takes is one stun up the middle. It's some fun stuff between the big boys. Um, You know who I would pick, though, as my defensive? Granted, it's two practices, but top defensive player through two, two days. Who do you got? Kyler Gordon. 
I think Kyler Gordon has he's been breaking up balls. He's been I don't know if they just like still know the offense so well at this point because they have been jumping on any type of swing or anything to a running oh, back in the he flat. He had at least three tackles for loss yesterday in one potential knockout hit on some receiver yesterday. He was that close, and yeah, he's letting up, but. Yes, I know what you're talking about, those quick screens. I mean, I don't blame him for being vocal about wanting to play outside. That's where the money is. That's where these guys want to play. I get it. But, like, he he could be a very, very, very good slot corner if he embraces it. He just... These uh, they were talking about this in the the play callers podcast, which you guys should check out, by the way, if you haven't already. Um, Kent did a great job helping produce that. Um that Jordan Rodriguez did, and and one of the conversations because there's so much she gets into on scheme, but the evolution and rise of these these uh, hybrid nickels that can kind of do everything. And Kyler to me is that type of nickel, like he could do a lot, and and so I hope he embraces playing that position. I think he's off to a great start so far early on at camp. He's fast. He sets the edge really well, just in terms of the run too. I saw one of those against Khalil Herbert. Um, it's tough to see where tackles are made. There's none of that contact. But when your cornerback is in the backfield and the running back has to cut inside quickly, it's where all your help is defensively. Usually a good sign that the nickelback is doing his job. Um, a couple other players I just wanted to shout out really quick. I think Valus Jones has had a good start to camp, but that one almost surprised me. Read theathletic.com today. Kevin Fishman on him. Yeah. Now, I Although did, Luke Getze was on him for one play yesterday. Which, so. which, <laughs> which I laughed because, and I'm sure overall it is the case, but Getze went in his press conference yesterday talked about how much better like Bayless has been lining up and all this stuff. And on that particular play, he was pissed off about how he lined up. It was clear as day. So, um, yeah, I hope, that, that, I hope that was just one play and not... Well, overall, that was just one ugly play where Fields just kind of just... Threw it up for grabs. Yeah, was that the one towards us on the sideline where it was just like yeah. floating in the air like a helicopter like for a while? Tipped. I'm sure it got tipped, but yeah, that ball was hanging in the air, wobbly. Not sure who it went to. It almost looked like he was trying to throw it away, and one of the defensive linemen got his hands on it. Yeah, one of the referees on the sideline made a face like that. Well, that was ugly, and I was like, "Hey, man, you don't get to do that. Stick to your refereeing. Come on." To Mark's point here, I know the defense was bad last year, but weren't they top 10 in takeaways? One other observation I had yesterday was how many balls were punched out. Yeah, they I had at least three, and a lot of these were by the backups. I mentioned the, the Jalen Johnson win in one-on-one against DJ Moore. That was batted away. That wasn't like a real reception. That's a PBU, but just in terms of reception, them fumbles, the defense was punching the ball out a few times, and these were the backups. Yeah, and I didn't like in practice the other day the clean offensive practice that some of those wide receivers put the ball on the ground after they caught it. So, But a lot of that's just the way the defense plays. So isn't it fun in camp, the good and the bad? You got to weigh it. Good for the offense, bad for the defense. Good for the defense, bad for the offense. That's the fun. But as long as uh, iron sharpens iron, right? <laughs> we haven't gotten that quote yet from no. uh, a player we, or a coach. Yeah, that's surprising. That's my maybe the biggest upset of the week. That used to be like a go-to quote from the Mark Trespan years. I felt like the receivers used that a lot. Iron sharpens iron. Hey, the receivers were decent in the Mark Trespan years. Better than decent. Yeah. Where would you... I had this question come up yesterday. Where would you rank DJ Moore's early dominance at camp compared to what we saw from... Uh, Brandon Marshall when he got here and Allen Robinson when he got here. Better than Allen Robinson. Marshall and Cutler were different already. That was like a a reunion and, and you saw the chemistry almost immediately. But that's what this chemistry reminds me of, even though they don't have past history. Like just anytime one throws the two, it's like it looks good. It, it looks good. It's the right decision, even if the defense happens to break it up. But most of the time, two is catching it and he's just got the confident swagger about him that he knows what he's doing. Marshall had that, that that camp was rowdy. Isn't that the same camp? No. Was it year two? He got there uh, in twelve, I thought. Wasn't he still there? 
Wasn't didn't Emery go out and get him right away? Yes. I forget the years. Um, I, I'm thinking of the Kyle Fuller, Martellus Bennett fight in, in Bourbon A, the last really, really big fight. Yeah, well, that was... Although we've seen Kyle Long. What was that, two years ago with the Matt Nagy night scrimmage? Remember that? With the swinging of the helmet. Yeah, Mar- Marshall was in 12, so he played one year under Lovey and then finished it out in 13 and 14 before Ryan Pace couldn't wait to get rid of him. Um, also true. Yeah, the Kyle Long swinging of the helmet. I think Kyle's calmed it down a little bit. All I see from him on social media is his golf. Golf? Some dad stuff? We should go play I'm golf. I, yeah, I'll go play golf with Kyle if he comes back here to Chicago. It'd be fun. He's um, he uh, he tweeted the other day that he just like randomly tweeted, "Hey, they don't want to play golf today." He went and played golf with like three random people from Twitter. Yeah, we should do that. Uh, I would do that. <laughs> Two random people from Twitter. Someone on Twitter. I don't know. You got like a got an inn at a nice country club. Like, yeah, Medina. I mean, Peggy Kaczynski won't take me to Medina, so uh, I'm in. <laughs> Let us know. Tweet at us. <laughs> I have to say, you know that I for the, I am actually jealous of something that that Barstool is doing. Have you seen this? The Corn Ferry Tours at the Glen Club this week, and okay. they're broadcasting the tournament. And that's like my dream. I just like not not like as a job. Just like I one time I want to be the guy on the golf course that walks around with like the headset on, like my sideline reporting for football, but to get to do it for golf. Yeah. Although yesterday was probably a little hot to do that, but still, I would I would do it gladly. I'm jealous. I saw that PFT came out with a video where he's talking about breaking 100. Got to see what that's all about. Oh. I, I also still need to do that. There's been times I'm not the best golfer, but some holes look like I am the best golfer. But I flirted with breaking ninety once, but then it gets say, you break a hunt. You're usually in the nineties. I have yes, yes. But like then there's some days I just I want to consistently be, you know, in that ninety to hundred range. I'm not a yeah. pro here. I'm finally getting to the point where I can get under ninety, and I get mad if I don't. But I'm still kind of right around there. Yeah, for, for the most part. Yeah, sometimes it's like you're 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 right there, and it's like the last two holes, and you know you're right there. Yeah. And then, like, you lose a ball. <laughs> like, And you spend, like, 20 minutes looking for it because you know what it means for your score. Yeah. That's how it happens with me. All right. What else? Um, are- any other impressions from, from camp? Um, for me, um, I think the Cody Whitehair experience is going so far so good at, at center. Oh, I haven't I- seen any uh, drop snaps or anything. No. Um, in fact, the only high snap I've noticed at all – so far in the first two days was a Lucas Patrick snap and PJ Walker was still able to catch it. It was just a little high. Um, He's pretty good by the way, PJ Walker. I like him. That's another observation. He could, he could throw it. His, his arm is massive. Well, he threw that 70 yard bomb to DJ Moore last year to uh, tie the game. But then DJ Moore uh, took his helmet off. Yeah. He throws a good deep ball. PJ Walker. I've noticed that early in camp. Um, Lukomet looks good. Robert Tanyan, the, the Bears will definitely get something out of him. Um, I'm interested to see when the pants come on how this running back situation works out. I don't think they really have a number one guy. Or I know they don't want a number one guy, but you want someone close to being that to carry load a bit. They're rotating guys in and out, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, I want to throw. This, make sure we get this comment up from Mike, um, who Mike Fisher, who uh, said, "Evening, guys from the Philippines. Love it. Can't wait. I uh, can't believe we will have football to watch in one week, and the Bears in fifteen days." Thanks, Mike. Football, even preseason football. I still like it. I mean, I get tired of it really quickly, but once I. I do like it. It's better than no football. I'll watch the uh, first five minutes of the first quarter. Yeah. Depending who's in. The Philippines. Oh, that's dope. I've been to the Philippines. I was going to say, Mike. Isn't that like your family's? My mother's Filipino. Yeah, that's what I thought. Mm -hmm. 
That's awesome. Um, I don't know that we've ever had a listener from the Philippines unless it's, I guess, your family. I've, I've seen on there that we've had listeners today from Scotland as well. See, now, well, those are my people. Love it. Um, all right. Hydrate. Drink lots of water. It's going to be another hot day. 98 degrees here in Chicago. Still humid as hell. Did you get hit by a storm in the middle of the night, by the way? Loud. Oh, my God. I swear I was hit by lightning in my sleep last night. I thought at first, I woke up, I'm like, is my son downstairs watching some type of movie? Like it was that loud, like someone's blasting like a, a war movie. Yeah. But no, that was the thunder rolling. And I'm, I'm, I have to go outside. I swear one hit a tree like right outside our house. It was yeah. so, and then I've, James, it was one of those where the kids come running. James was running down the hallway at 4 a.m. And I couldn't blame him because it was that loud. And then uh, my next thought was, oh, crap, I left the cushions out there. Should I go run out there in the lightning storm? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I didn't do that. But everyone knows what I'm talking about. It's like yeah. the worst feeling. Damn it, the cushions are going to be wet for like two days. Yeah, that reminds me. You should check mine. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I could run out there. It's not raining that hard yet. But I might die from lightning. So maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe it's not worth it. All right. Uh, appreciate everybody watching this morning. Um, a lot of fun. And uh, I'm going to finish my breakfast. Shoot over to House Hall. It's going to be hot out there again, but uh, it should be a fun day. If anybody's out there, make sure you say hi, whether it's today or any other day coming up here. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns, Reed Johns, The On The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You can find me at all CHGO, though most of my stuff coming via newsletter during camp every morning for you Monday through Friday for our CHGO diehards. Go to allchgo.com slash diehard to sign up. Then you can get the newsletter, and it's in your inbox every morning. Uh, I wrote about, today I wrote about those cadences and some of the issues in practice yesterday and some of the stuff that Luke Getze said about that after practice. I thought that was super interesting, so you can check that out. Um, Obvyshirts.com is where all the merchandise is. Got some new stuff out now. More on the way in the next couple weeks as we reboot and re-kick off this uh, 2023 season with Obvious Shirts. Thanks to them. Thanks to everybody watching this morning. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week continuing to break down training camp with two more episodes. We'll talk to you then. See ya. Anyway, uh, who cares?